That is so awesome. Okay, so, so now we fun. now I'm really excited because this we're not going to talk about any allergy. We're going to talk about this all podcast <laughs> long, and then the next podcast will be about allergy. So, what was the first question that you got? <laughs> so I, I have to tell you, I was I, I honestly I was so nervous. I was more nervous for this than you know if we're giving a lecture. And Yola, you and I have lectured in front of some pretty big crowds, right? Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little. And this is Dr. Yola Kirpus, and this is the Per Podcast, and this was the best opening we've had ever. I think that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was pretty good. I don't know what episode we're on now. I don't know. We're in the 150s, I think. That is so, a really good question. I definitely can uh, look that up if you give you me can. one second. Yes, I've been working on updating our website, so it's... I know I've done updates into the 140s, so I'm getting close to having it completely up to date. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. We've got a lot yes. of uh, uh, messages lately on my Instagram and yes. all sorts of other accounts where I saw that that was happening. That I am updating. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know. Let's yes, see. I blame the pandemic for everything, so I got kind of behind. <laughs> of course. course i'm behind on everything and any vet out there who currently owns or manages a practice um during the pandemic knows what i mean it's it's tough times it is tough times yes yeah. it's so busy everywhere so yes. oh, i can't look it up because it's on my other computer I think. oh that's okay i'm pretty sure we're up into the the 150s yeah, yeah, I um, think it is almost 150. So that's why it's so important for me to know if it is or not, because we're very close. Yeah. And of course, we have to have a celebration uh, episode <laughs> when it's 150. And remember where we were supposed to go with episode 100? I know, I know. We've we've had to postpone our, our Rio trip. Yeah. We're supposed to go to Rio for 100, and now we're like 50 later, and we're yeah. still stuck. Maybe 200. No. Maybe we'll get there for episode 200. Or 250. Or 250. Who knows? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've stopped prognosticating during the pandemic. But um, so as tough as it is to be a practice owner these days, and it's pretty tough, mm -hmm. um, two really exciting things happened to me this week. So I, I, I do have some articles that I want to talk about in this episode about human allergy to cats because we've yeah. never talked about that and it's a great one but i want to tell you the two things yeah. that happened this week that mm -hmm. i found very exciting and they put a smile on my face oh i am so excited you. to hear about okay. it so one of them just hold yeah. on we got yeah. a new debit machine yeah Ooh. yeah so for those of you in the us I, I don't think you call them debit machines you probably call them credit card machines. Yeah, credit card I mean? machines. I, yeah. I was just wondering about that. I was like, okay, who is using debit cards? It's Canadians like checks. Use, Canadians use debit cards all the all time. Because we've yeah, had that's, them. That's a European thing too. We used our debit card a lot, but yeah. here they only use credit cards ah. or the American checks, which is a piece of paper. Yes. Okay. So Canadians tend to call it a debit machine, but it does debit and credit card charges. And we have this um, wireless one and, um, so during the pandemic, it's made it because clients still cannot come into my clinics. 
yeah. hopefully soon, but not yet. And so it's easy for my team to hand over a wireless one, like, you know, through the door outside. Um, that way clients don't have to come in yeah. and use the wired one, right? So it was a good idea, but it stopped working well. It got like really slow and you know, I, I tried to troubleshoot all the things and I called the company and they talked to me about moving this and rewrite. I did everything. And then finally I just gave up and I called the company and I said, send a new one. Oh, so they, they sent a new one on Friday and it is amazing. Oh, wow. It's so I, I just remember the fact that, you know, like a couple of years ago when they had those, those old ones, the beginning ones, and it was all fancy in the restaurant, but then they had to, uh, you put your card in and they didn't have reception. So they had to walk to the window of the <laughs> yeah. restaurant to yeah. get reception to push it through. But yeah. the new ones probably you don't have. And, you know, when people are curbside, that's yeah. easy because they're outside. Yes. And so finally, we, uh, yeah. So I, this is what counts as very exciting in my world these days. That, that like, that made my team so happy. I have to say that. But something else happened this week that wow. was very exciting. I was extremely nervous about it. Wow. So I participated, uh, I signed up for Skype a scientist. Skype a scientist? Yep, Skype a scientist. So Skype a scientist is yeah. a little program that yeah. I think started during the pandemic. I could be wrong, but I heard about it during the pandemic. So it's at skypeascientist.com. Yeah. And the idea is to collect, con connect people in professions or the science to children in classrooms around the world, Ooh. like through Zoom or Google Meet, like some virtual um, platform, Yeah. right? So uh, uh, like libraries can sign up, um, Boy Scout, Girl Scout troops, classrooms, you know, wherever there's an educational component for children. Yeah. Yeah. So they sign up, it's all free. They sign up and then they look in the database and somebody looked in the database and wanted to talk to an expert on cats. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something? So, I love it. I know. So on Wednesday, I talked um, via Google Meet to Miss yeah. Teal's grade one classroom in Austin, Texas. Oh, that is so awesome. Okay, so, so now we fun. now I'm really excited because this we're not going to talk about any allergy. We're going to talk about this all podcast <laughs> long, and then the next podcast will be about allergy. So, what was the first question that you got? <laughs> so I, I have to tell you, I was, I, I honestly, I was so nervous. I was more nervous for this than, you know, if we're giving a lecture and Yola, you and I've lectured in front of some pretty big crowds. Right. And yeah, but this was more nerve wracking. This classroom. And that is so funny that you're saying yeah. that because this reminds me of, you know, probably the, 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 the biggest lecture we ever given in Manila with, oh, the, yes. you know, we when we came in, the music and the yeah. lights and everything. This was this grand show that normally Madonna gets, but uh, that we got. And then we were hauled on the podium uh, as, as these heroes. So you were more nervous for this one than yeah. for the Manila one, I guess. I was more nervous than dancing in front of 700 people in Manila. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're grade one so they yes. sent me some of their questions in advance and that helped okay good that helped so, so first okay then I've, that i'll change my question then i want to know what was the first question that they sent and what okay. was the first question that they didn't send and asked anyway um okay so the first 
I got the first question I got from them was how big are baby cats? How big are baby cats? That's a really good question. You know, I love these kind of sessions because you get questions that you're like, like, how do you answer that, Yola? <laughs> I would say handful. Yeah. A baby cat is one handful. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, this is what I mean. Like it's a hundred grams, but that's not going to help a first grader. Is it like no. you, this is why I'm so nervous. So, um, uh, so I went with the size of a small apple. Oh yeah. See, that's it's a handful. The same weight and it's you know, a small handful. You need me for these kind of things because I'm, I'm more simplistic. You know, an okay. apple is still very scientific. It's like, okay, you have big apples and small apples and really small apples and really, really small apples. What kind of apple do you mean? Well, the kids were fine with the small apple. <laughs> they probably didn't dare to say anything. Like this no, is a weird they, teacher. They were, they were very enthusiastic and they were very well behaved and they all put up their hands to answer, ask questions. And then they got out of their seat and they came up because the, the um, teacher was using a laptop computer, right? Aww. And so they came up and stood in front of the computer so I could see them to ask the questions. They were just amazing. Um, one of the questions that I did not expect was um, how do cats climb things? How do cats climb things? Yes, yeah. yeah. They use their nails. Yes, so we talked about that and we talked about how sometimes cats can climb up, but it's not so easy to get down. Yes. So we talked about that. And then you have to get the fire brigade yeah. to get the cat out of the tree. That's a good question too. How do cats climb things? Yeah. Um, oh. And accompanying um, that, Another one that was not pre-noticed, so I had to think about it, is how high can cats jump? Ooh, we probably can look that up. I, I uh, Let me guess, let me guess. How mm -hmm. high can cats jump? I would say between 1.5 and 2 meters. Let's use the meters first. So that's that's not bad. Um, I'm, yeah, so, I, so I'll tell you what I said yeah. in the moment, and then I looked it up, right, afterwards. <laughs> Because <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. So I said about as high as your mom or dad. Oh, that's very clever. Right? That's in the ballpark. And, and the average American is probably 160, I would say. So, so like five to six feet, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, but so it's, said, of course, it was American children. So you had to say the feet thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was American. Five children. to six feet. I, I think it is a very clever answer, Dr. Susan. <laughs> very oh, I was, clever. I was very glad. When I it's, googled it, it was afterwards. a little better than the apple thing, but uh, yes, I was very relieved when I found it. It was right after. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was there was two children that I think are clearly budding scientists in the yeah. group. One yes. of the children asked, "Are cats' immune systems like people's immune systems?" Ooh, mm. didn't we just talk about this? Oh no, we talked about blood. Uh, yeah uh okay yeah. very interesting and you know the answer is probably yes yeah, yeah yeah so that led to and and it, and it went al along with another child who asked our cat's liver i don't know why liver particularly liver is the same as a human's liver oh that's a little different i think I, you know well, it, the basic it, plan is the same you know yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so that but kind I, of I, to, i'm always surprised with uh you know when and and everybody knows this because every, most people that listen to the podcast are veterinarians and went through anatomy class but i always was so impressed in the so most of the organs really look the same except for the liver the liver is yeah. really different in different species yeah 
always remember the pig liver that's really, really, you know, uh, kind of hard because it has so much collagen. And then these, the, there are these livers that are super friable, yeah. uh, like especially in the cats that are really fat. Yeah. You know, you have these fatty livers that you can, you look at them and they fall apart. Uh, and then you have these pig livers that you can slap someone with and nothing, mm -hmm. nothing happens. So, uh, yeah. so not that so, you want to do that with a liver, no, but, you know. No. So that kind of led to a more general discussion about how most animals have basically the same kind of organs. They might just be different sizes or shapes. Oh. Mm -hmm. So that led to a very interesting discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, I think, you know, but that's, we, we tend to underestimate these kids, yeah. but the questions that they get, because we also look at programs with kids and sometimes these questions are really funny and that sort of things, but you know, some of these questions are really, are really good are very tough. Yes. So I'll tell you my favorite question. Oh, my yes. favorite one was do cats get gummy medicine to feel better like kids do? Oh, <laughs> And once again, yes, they do. No, they they don't get the gummy good. one, but they get the yeah. one that tastes good. Yeah, it just doesn't come as gummies. <laughs> I love maybe, that one. Maybe if if any major pharmaceutical yes. is listening right now, you know, you get the idea of the century. Yeah. Animal gummies. Yes. Yeah. You know, there, there you go. A little kid, first grader, gave you the idea uh -huh. of the century. You know, thank us at the Per Podcast at perpodcast.net uh, if you want to send us, uh, you know, royalties <laughs> and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. And then we'll talk with the kid in Texas. But uh, no, that's yeah. awesome. Wow. Yeah. I, I love that. And so if people want more information yeah. and want to do the same thing, where should they go? It's skypeascientist.com. Um, and uh, on the webpage, you'll see a get involved link. So you, yeah. you want to get involved or, or learn more, you can... That's what I did. You know, I actually learned about this on Twitter and uh, then went to the website and read about it and signed up. And it took a few months before, I guess there's not a huge, you know, demand. <laughs> there's not a huge cat loving population. <laughs> <laughs> or just veterinarians in general, maybe. Right. Yeah. yeah right. So, uh, so we also talked a little bit about what veterinarians do, like what do animal doctors do? Yeah. 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 So yeah, so skypeascientist.com. So skypeascientist.com, but we're using Google Meet. Oh, I think it's dependent on the classroom or the library or whatever. Yeah. So the website is really just kind of a matching service. Yeah. yeah. And then once you're matched with somebody, then you work out what, what platform it is. So that the teacher turned the laptop around because she had this giant, it was these giant whiteboards. They're, they're smart boards. Do you know what I mean? Those big smart yeah. boards that can also act as a video screen. And yeah. so she turned it around so I could see like my face was filling one entire classroom wall. <laughs> wow. It's a little scary. Yeah. Wow. Or That's two. a little overdose of Dr. I Susan. Thought so. Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> Scaring the little kids, eh? Scared. Yeah. Scared yeah. the living daylights yeah. on those poor kids. Yeah. Anyway, it was so much fun. It was so much fun uh -huh. to um, do something that's just pure joy in veterinary yeah. medicine, you know, um, getting out of kind of the day to day and talking to kids who are who have like the best questions. And some some of them just wanted to come up to the camera and tell me about their cat. One uh -huh. little girl wore cat ears for the day. 
Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. And that's that's wonderful. And and you know, you might meet someone that in twenty years that says, "Hey, you know, I was in a class and I talked to you, and that's why I became a veterinarian." I want I, I think we need to be much more active in 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 these preschool classes or these classes, the young kids to let them know how wonderful veterinary medicine is. So yeah, and so this this is great because you can you know you can do it from home, which I think is why it came up during the pandemic. But you know even before this, there was there's often opportunities in your community, like at the library or as I say, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, those type brownies, you know, those yes. type of organizations. Um, often are quite happy to, and it, it really, it really, I, I had a smile on my face for the rest of the week. It, uh, yeah. And it's always good to do something good. Yeah, that's it. You know, you, you do something good and, and they, they're just, they're like little sponges. They soak up everything you say and nobody asks how much something costs. So that's really nice. <laughs> well done, Dr. Susan. I am so proud of you. That's fantastic. And when you started this whole discussion, you said there were two things that well, you those were the two things. really happy. Yeah. And I thought that you would go in a completely different direction. <laughs> Because you said the debit machine, and I knew that. And I thought that the second thing would be that what you did surgery. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> that must be the third thing that oh, you really liked. So <laughs> I almost fell off my chair when I saw that on a messenger or whatever. Yeah, I, I sent you, know, you a text, yeah. You sent me a text about yeah. that you did the whole day of surgery, and I was like, "Okay, we definitely need to talk about this during yeah. our podcast because this is, you know, it doesn't happen every day." And it sounded like you were pretty happy with the results, so I, I was well, very intrigued. So tell us from the beginning what happened. <laughs> they were spays and neuters, you know. So yeah, <laughs> plus a, a particularly tricky ruptured abscess repair, I must say. Yes, particularly see. tricky. Mm -hmm. see, see, see. Yes. So, Spay and neuters. And then you told me that you do it different than anybody else. What, what I do, do spays different? different. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. many different ways to neuter, right? People have their own, some people, you know, tie things off against itself. You know, the spermatic cord and the, and the, uh, um, and the blood vessels in still inside their tunic, right? Some people will tie them off together. Other people will like clamp and use surgery or use a suture to tie. There's like all kinds of different ways to neuter a cat. Yeah. But, um, I learned, I, at least compared to the vets I'm around all the time, I learned to spay cats. They say I spay them backwards. Uh -huh. So in school, and I don't know if everybody was taught this way, but we were taught for space, whether it was the B word or, or cats, yeah. that um, after you enter the abdominal cap, cap, cavity, you want to find the ovaries and start with the ovaries and like ligate and transect for the ovaries. Yeah. And so- right. When I first graduated from vet school and I was uh, in a practice, a mixed animal practice, you know, uh -huh. which means dogs and cats, right? And cows. Yeah. Well, no, just dog and cat. That's what I mean by mixed animal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And someday I'll tell you the story about the gerbil that bit my finger, but that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, please do. Please no. do. Because this, no. this. You know, this, this, this podcast will go everywhere right now. So tell well, me about the gerbil. that this phase for a minute anyway. Okay. And so in that practice, of course, I had to spay dogs and nothing puts the fear of God in me to this day than a dog spay. Uh, they, you know, they, that cannot be, be underestimated. They, they can, can be, be tough, tough, right? Yes. So the uh, veterinarian I was working for at that time, an Australian veterinarian said, let me show you another way. So I learned it on dogs 
and it oh. just made me made my ability to spay dogs. I mean, it just took the stress away. So I um, once you enter the abdominal cavity, you start with the uterine stump. You start at the other end, right? And so you transect and you ligate that. And then you've got two uterine horns that you can manipulate much more easily, right? You right. can use them to manipulate the ovaries much more easily because you're, yeah, you're not tied down on the other end, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, Although, and, you know, in, in Europe, we normally do ovary ectomies, yes. don't take out the uterus, but... Yes, I can see that because the first thing that you pick up normally when you use a spay hook or whatever is the uterus. So if you tie it off immediately, you have already a piece that you can use and yeah. then you just follow it to the yeah. ovary. So. Follow it to the ovaries and then you can manipulate the ovaries much easier. Mm. Yeah. So it was just like so a the light bulb. reversed Dr. Little spay technique. No, I, I, I can't. Um, um, I, I can't take uh I can't take credit for it because somebody, uh, Dr. Dr. David Wade taught me, an Australian veterinarian. Who I think Every first Dr. Wade Little yes. spay technique. He, he taught me how to do that because I was really struggling with the, you know, the big dog spays and it just, yeah. So I've just continued to do it my whole career. I spay backwards. Mm. There you go. So anything else that you do backwards? No, probably I just try to not do surgery really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, uh, we have about five minutes left for the oh. jungle that ate your finger. Oh, so it, it, it was very early in my career in this mixed practice. Mm -hmm. And one of my patients was a little gerbil. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, that should put the fear of God into you too, right? Because they're, they move fast, they're little, and you don't want to crush them. And I don't know, I, I don't know what to do with them. I think you just don't give them all antibiotics. I think it doesn't matter what the disease is, you give them antibiotics. Uh -huh. Anyway, so I was trying to pick up this gerbil and it just did what gerbils normally do. And it latched on with its very sharp teeth onto <laughs> my finger. And so here I was standing there with the gerbil hanging from my finger right? <laughs> and blood is beginning to like pool. And then there's a mother and daughter who are watching me, right? And like, I don't want them to see the blood and I had to very, I had to work very hard because you know what your first impulse is? It's to go thwack and get the <laughs> gerbil off your finger. So I am proud to say I had the self-control, right? So I grabbed the gerbil in my other hand and I walked out of the exam room grasping a gerbil and then ran back to the treatment area where one of the techs helped pry the little teeth off of my finger. <laughs> <laughs> so then I brought him back to um, his like probably nine-year-old owner and said, he's fine. And you gave him antibiotics. Oh, well, I said, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I that's, have lots that's, of stories from my first year in practice. That is such a good story. The gerbil that latched onto yep. my finger. And he survived and I survived. Yeah. yeah. And I can yeah. see, I can see that gerbil hanging right there. Yeah. You know? yeah. uh, I, I mean, really your, your instinct is to like, whack it against something against against the table well, like, let go let go at least that was my first instinct so 
Anyway, we both. But I'm happy you resisted your first instinct because that would not have been good for the little no. girl in her. So horrifying, right? You, yeah, it's it's always it's always interesting, and I think that's general practice anyway. That you can get so many species yeah. that will come up. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh gosh, my my hat is off to the vets who deal with more than one species. Like, I can I can barely cope with one, so I am always in awe of all those general practitioners out there. You guys are the best. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And not only, and, and I have to uh, give a shout out to the nurses, as a matter of fact, mm. oh, because yes. next week is the National Technician Week in the US, at least, and hopefully also in Canada. Yes. And so thank you for everything you do. Uh, nurses are the best in the world. Absolutely. And without you, we cannot do our work. But, uh, you know, those are the people that normally handle all these animals. So and they're <laughs> so good in it. So um, yes, and I, I work with the best of the best, I, I have to say, my my teams at both my clinics are amazing. So this is a wonderful end to our podcast because we are 25 minutes already <laughs> talking about all sorts of really important stuff. Um, and uh, so Dr. Susan, what would you like to say to your nurses? Oh, I would like to say, please don't leave me. I will die. Um, <laughs> yeah, really. I value happy so veterinary much. technician week or happy veterinary nurse week. Uh, I yeah. hope that everybody celebrates with you because yeah. without you, once again, we could not do our work. Yeah, so. we have treats planned for our team every day during the during the week. Yeah, they've got a surprise coming every day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What kind of surprise? I can't tell you. It's a surprise. Oh darn! It's so much of a surprise. I don't even know because my Stacy, my <laughs> communications manager, is arranging it. Yes. So a shout out to Stacy, who always yeah, has Stacey, the best Thank ideas. you, Stacy, for doing a great job. Yes. Uh, and I expect my first basket uh, uh, to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Dr. Susan, this was wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, if you have any questions about any cats, uh, call Dr. Susan. She can answer every yeah. question in the world. Yeah, so, but check out skypascientist.com. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it it really helps you, makes you feel good, and it connects you with, um, you know, classrooms and and full of children who just want to learn more. So it's a happy. Yeah. Thing. So there's two things that you need to do: uh, check out that website, and then the other thing is hug your veterinary nurse or yes. technician. Yeah. Every or day. give them a cup of coffee or a muffin or whatever it is they need. But yes, be yeah. awesome. Thank you, Dr. Susan. Okay, um, Dr. Yola, where should people go if they want more info about our podcast? Oh, yeah, we almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I already good, said that though. Good but opening, I, crappy yeah. ending. Oh, yeah, right. no, no, I already said that. It's per podcast.net. And, uh, you know, there you can find all the information. As a matter of fact, it's updated thanks to Dr. Susan. It's almost up to date, yes. Yeah, almost, almost. Yep. And we'll put some show notes there. But we're also working on a Patreon um, yes. account uh, where you can ah. see videos. As a matter of fact, Dr. Susan, is it allowed to show this video or the no. hair is still no, not? No, no, no. I hair. was not hair and makeup ready today. Oh, okay. So that it will be the next one. But we're working on that. And as soon as we <laughs> get, uh, get the time and the hair looks good, we'll, <laughs> we'll do that. We'll say, uh, and then you can see the show live like this. So that, that is perfect. But uh, perpodcast.net or our handles anywhere in social media at perpodcast. That's us. And next episode, we'll finally get to human allergies to cats. Yes, hopefully, okay. hopefully. If you don't have any other topics, Dr. Susan. No, yeah. let's talk, we'll talk about allergies. 
Bye. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatVetSusan. Dr. Yurla Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove screw-bite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at per podcast.